Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit. The show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Uh, this is your community spirit coming at you live, local, and in your face here on WDBX 91.1 FM, Community Radio for Southern Illinois. You're listening to 91.1 FM, Community Radio for Southern Illinois. My name is Tree Song. If you're a regular listener, you might have noticed that I'm not, in fact, or Denny Jiman. He is off. Uh, he's an incorrigible guy. He goes around teaching people about solar energy. There's no stopping that guy. He'll be back again someday. Uh, he, he will return. But uh, in the meantime, we've got plenty of news and happenings to share with you here on Your Community Spirit. Let's see, let's start with some of the news from Occupy. There's this great blog that we often check out. It's occupyupdatesdaily.blogspot.com. And here's the latest from that. Thousands of occupiers across the country uh, joined with uh, protesters in the Million Hoodie March. Uh, let's see, here we go. Yeah, joined with... Other protesters in the Million Hoodie March in support of Trayvon Martin and his family. Trayvon was 17 years old when he was fatally shot by a neighborhood watch captain last month in Florida. Now, if you've been following the news, you've probably uh, heard a lot about this. It's been uh, big on the news. He was not armed. Uh, he was just going to the local convenience store to get some, uh, some food, some snacks. Uh, yet someone who said they were a neighborhood watch captain uh, say that they shot him in self-defense. <coughs> And uh, he has not been arrested, at least as of, as of last night. I haven't heard about anything this morning yet. Uh, but they, they have, the local uh, city commissioners have cast a no-confidence vote against the police chief uh, in charge of the case because they think he should, by this point, of at least charge the guy with something. You know, even if they end up deciding the guy is innocent for some reason, they at least should charge the guy so that they can start processing him and such. So, yeah, there have been protesters, including Occupy protesters, uh, have been rallying in many cities, including New York City, Buffalo, and Miami, to show their support for the family and demand the arrest of the offending shooter. Some other Occupy news. Occupiers in Denver were surprised with the eviction 
and fence erection early Wednesday morning as the city prepares to fix up the park for spring. Uh, many of the occupiers present say there was no warning before they were asked to vacate uh, the premises and a huge fence was erected not long after. The city says they are upgrading the area, adding better water irrigation systems, and that their work should be completed by the end of April. See, that's one of those things I always wonder about. You know, it's like we happen to have this work that we want to do in this park right now. <laughs> was it was it planned beforehand, or did they decide they suddenly needed to do a bunch of work in the park? <laughs> All right, other Occupy news. UC Davis may be breaking the law in their refusal to release documents concerning the pepper spray event. A judge ruled earlier this week that all but a few sections could be released, but when the Daily Democrat newspaper used the California Public Records Act to request a copy, UC lawyers refused. They said their report no longer affects the final, reflects the final findings due to alterations, and the committee wishes to discuss it further before releasing it. Both reasons were strongly criticized. The attorney for the police union is confused at the university's refusal as well, seeing that the university was the one challenging him in court to release the documents. Yeah, so that, that has all turned into one big, long, drawn-out drama. Uh, we'll keep an eye out on that, see if we ever find out what actually happened over there at uh, uh, UC Davis with their processing of that incident. Other Occupy news. Occupiers are joining up with several other groups to call on the United Nations, asking them to investigate the torturous housing conditions found at many California prisons. They're asking that the Red Cross also be allowed into the prisons. The groups want special investigation into segregated housing, which allows prison officials to put prisoners in solitary confinement for years based on gang membership, even if the prisoner has never been tried for or convicted of such a crime. So yeah, so basically they say, well, we, we believe that you're in this gang, so you go into solitary for years. <laughs> uh, the hierarchy system found in prisons can make it very dangerous for a prisoner to get out of solitary confinement, because the only methods to do so involve snitching on other gang members or informing prison officials that they have dropped out of the gang, which is dangerous in itself. You know, because even if you weren't originally in the gang, if you say you're not in it, then, you know, they may have retribution against you. Uh, and if they do neither of these things, they can be held in solitary for up to six years. Now, I, this one caught my eye because I wasn't aware of these details, so it, I think it would be a good idea to have some outside oversights on all of this. All right, and here's one more bit of Occupy news. Uh, we uh, don't have time for the full article, but if you check out Occupy Updates Daily, there's an Interesting article concerning the role played by the Department of Homeland Security when it comes to Occupy groups. Now, part of what I found was that uh, intriguing was that this branch of the government is attempting to distance itself from the NYPD and their tactics. Now, we have mentioned in previous articles that Homeland Security uh, and other agencies were involved in trying to coordinate the response to Occupy nationally. So it's interesting to hear a, a, a negative perspective uh, from the federal level about the NYPD.
All right, let's get into some of the other news of the day. See what else we've got on tap. Uh, this one is one, this story is near and dear to my heart because I've been out there in the weather uh, enjoying it. <laughs> about that record-breaking dead heat in Illinois. And no, we're not talking about any sort of dead heat in the polls. Uh, this is an article from Election Day uh, by Bill McKibben, actually. Bill McKibben is uh, the founder of 350.org, a uh, very important organization working on the issue of climate change. Uh, we, we like to follow uh, some, some of his writings on this, the topic and even his activism. He occasionally gets arrested for uh, climate change activism. And wanted to share a little bit of his recent response to the weather. It's election day in Illinois, and the hottest topic in the land of Lincoln will be, I can forecast with complete confidence, uh, be totally ignored by GOP challengers. And that hot topic would be the weather. Uh, election day marked the seventh straight day of 80-degree temperatures at O'Hare, something that's never happened before in March, or in April for that matter. Quote, it's extraordinarily rare for climate locations with over 100 years of records to break records day after day after day, the local office of the National Weather Service said in a statement Sunday morning following a St. Patrick's Day that shattered 141 years of record. So that was the, the hottest St. Patrick's Day in 141 years. <laughs> and the Windy, Windy City is not alone. In International Falls, Minnesota, which threatened suits when a Colorado city tried to steal its nation's icebox moniker, the mercury went to 77 degrees on Saturday, which was 42 degrees above average and 22 degrees above the old record. It's possible, according to weather historian Christopher Burt, that no station with a century of weather data has ever broken a mark by that much. That is a lot, 42 degrees above average. <laughs> uh, and there, there's more about this. You can check this out on grist.org or also by signing up for our newsletter. Uh, you can email info at yourcommunityspirit.org to get on the Your Community Spirit newsletter. Just uh, of it, though, is that this is possibly related to climate change. Now, any one, any one incident, we've said this before, just to be clear, that any one weather events, any one season, even any one year, you cannot definitively link to climate change. However, you can recognize patterns, and this uh, record-breaking heat that we have currently uh, does look like it may be part of the pattern that has been demonstrated uh, by climate scientists, a pattern of increasing temperatures, unstable weather conditions, and uh, it's, it's, it's getting hot in here. That's, that's what I'll say about that. It's getting hot in here. All right, let's see what we have in other news here. Uh, let's go down to uh, some news about the Keystone XL project. Now, we've talked about this off and on before, uh, keeping, keeping an eye on the question of whether or not a giant uh, tar sands pipeline will be 
uh, built throughout the entire United States to to get the uh, tar sands uh, fuel out to where it needs to be delivered to. And there's un unfortunately there's more news in that, uh, but luckily people are keeping an eye on this issue. Uh, Texas landowner calls out Obama on Keystone XL fast tracking. Now we did mention previously that uh, o President Obama had expressed his concerns about the project. However, he seems to have a change of heart. President Obama is in Cushing, Oklahoma, where he just issued a specific memorandum to federal agencies not just to build, but to expedite the approval of the southern leg of the Keystone XL Tar Sands Pipeline. Many concerned citizens are also in Cushing, uh, indigenous communities, landowners, environmentalists, and Occupy activists showed up strong in spirit in opposition to the pipeline. But they weren't at the pipe yard from which President Obama trumpeted his plan to expedite the southern segment. Uh, it was a pipe yard owned by TransCanada, the Canadian oil company backing Keystone XL. These concerned citizens were in a fenced-in free speech zone six miles away from where the president stood, <laughs> threatened with arrest if they attempted to leave the designated area. Uh, see, this, this concerns me for a lot of reasons. Uh, the author has his own reasons he goes into, but that, that one step just sounds like a basic freedom of speech issue. Um, I know it can be challenging in rural areas sometimes to find the best public spot, but uh, sounds like they were cracking down on protesters there. He also mentioned several important uh, key concerns that he has as someone who uh, lives in the area that the pipeline is going through. And I will mention some of those here. Tar he says that tar sand oil is more toxic than conventional oil, uh, that tar sands pipelines have spilled and will continue to spill. Uh, there's a lot of documentation on this. Uh, the predecessor to Keystone XL spilled 12 times in its first year of operation. And pipeline safety regulators issued a corrective action order to TransCanada, indicating that continued operation of that pipeline would be a hazard to life, property, and the environment. So that's the track record of the uh, the people who are trying to create this uh, Keystone XL pipeline. <laughs> and I I know of no reason to suspect why it would be any difference next time around. And some other issues: this would permanently cross communities' water sources and land. You know, once this pipeline was in there, they would want to keep using it indefinitely. And it crosses over people's uh, private land that they live on, crosses over the water sources of communities. Uh, definitely a cause for concern. And TransCanada has used intimidation tactics in the past to seize private land along the pipeline route. They've uh, used things such as lawsuits, threatening letters, and all sorts of tactics along those lines to try to either force people off of their land or force them to accept the pipeline on the land. So we're going to keep track of this. Uh, it is concerning that uh, President Obama is advocating for it to be expedited. Uh, I personally, even if you su support the plan, I think it's a good idea to really think these things through when you're permanently affecting people's water supplies, uh, permanently putting a private corporation's uh, pipe on their land without their permission. Uh, lots of very important things to think about very carefully before you do this. So we'll definitely be following this and have more news as it develops.
All right, I'll mention this one quickly, because uh, we've got to get on to some happenings. It's a busy week coming up. But this one is an important news story that will have local re- relevance, as you'll see soon enough. Uh, the EPA is, uh, is saying that uh, this water is fine apart from all the methane. <laughs> it's not an exact quote, so we're paraphrasing there. <laughs> Press release from the Environmental Protection Agency said that uh, Dimmick, Pennsylvania has safe drinking water in spite of fracking. But independent testing found dangerous levels of methane. Well, what gives with that? EPA issued a release implying that Dimmick's water was clean when only 11 samples had been tested out of almost 50 households. That sounds a little premature. Agency says that the early announcement, which Dimmick residents felt was premature, was intended to keep all those concerned informed about each stage of the testing process. But it doesn't explain why the data hasn't been made public or why the results don't square with independent testing. Independent testing has found that 11 Dimmick families' waters is contaminated with explosive levels of methane, as well as heavy metals, radioactive material, and fracking chemicals like ethylene glycol, commonly known as antifreeze. Ah, tasty antifreeze. Uh, It's true that methane-contaminated water is still technically drinkable. It just might blow up your house is all. Now, that's actually, you know... As they point out, it is technically true. It's sort of like, you know, soda has uh, carbonation in it, and that doesn't necessarily mess with you, but having soda coming out of your pipe won't lead to explosions. <laughs> so the methane is quite a concern. Uh, it's not certain whether all or most of these contaminations are fracking-related or whether all of them are actually harmful. Sometimes a substance that looks alarming on paper is actually fairly innocuous. Uh, But it definitely looks like there's something of a reality disconnect between what the EPA is announcing and what's actually in Dimmock's water, which is especially concerning because they haven't released the public results. All right, let's get on to a little bit more of the cheery section of the show. Got some holidays coming up and some happenings. Today is the 83rd day of the year. There are 283 days left in the year. A little quick math will reveal that this is in fact a leap year, 366 days. Today is National Puppy Day. Now, puppies are so cute and adorable, it's hard to imagine every day not being their day, but I guess today is a special day for puppies. It's also UN World Meteorological Day. Saturday is Houdini Day. It's the birthday of Harry Houdini, the magician. We've got coming up on Sunday, Tolkien Reading Day. It's also uh, Maryland Day in Maryland. And it's the UN International Day of Remembrance of the Victims of Slavery and the Transatlantic Slave Trade. On Monday, we have Earth Hour, an hour to turn off all the gadgets in your house and uh, let them rest for a little while so you don't release quite as many uh, greenhouse gas emissions during that hour. It's also make up your own holiday day. If I had planned ahead, I might have made up one of these holidays just to preemptively celebrate and make up your own holiday day. Uh, it's also Monday's the birthday of Robert Frost, the poet, and Tennessee Williams, the playwright. Tuesday is Education and Sharing Day. Another one of those days that you hope you can celebrate every day, but if you don't, especially on Tuesday, uh, participate in education and share what you can. 
Well, the holiday's coming up. Uh, the birthday of President John Tyler, the 10th president. Don't really know much about that guy. I'll have to look into that. If you have any interesting holidays or happenings to send our way, you can send them to me at either treesong at treesong.org or you can send them to info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Uh, or is the one who checks that one, but when he's away, he sends me stuff from there. So you can pass that on and have your events and holidays mentioned here on the radio. for some exciting community happenings. Let's start with this one, uh, Spring Into Action Party. This is coming up tonight, uh, March 23rd at 9 p.m. over at Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. Spring Into Action celebrates the holidays of spring and the recent success of the re revitalization campaign over at Guy House. The event will feature live music by the Mox and Gap Trio, the Southern Illinois West African Drum Ensemble, Sawade, and Ski, along with a belly dancing performance by the Nile Breeze Dance Company. The festivities start with a vegetarian soul food dinner. People who enjoy learning new recipes are invited to show up at 6 p.m. to help with the cooking. The dinner will be served around 7 p.m., and the music will start at 9. And they've got advanced tickets still available over at Guy House, or you can just show up tonight at 9 when the festivities get started. All right, I'm really looking forward to that one. I've been looking forward to that one for weeks now. <laughs> but we do have some other happenings coming up. Uh, I'm excited about this one, the, the top 10 places in Southern Illinois you've never been to. This is happening uh, tonight at 7.30 p.m. at Carbondale Township Hall, 217 East Main in Carbondale. Chris Benda has spent the last four years as regional ecologist for the Illinois National Area Inventory Update. Uh, so he's going to be do a, doing a presentation about 10 places in Southern Illinois that you've never been. And he can't guarantee that, I'm sure, but 10 exciting places that most people don't hear about. He's also going to lead a hike the following day. Uh, this is sponsored by the Southern Il Chapter of the Illinois Native Plant Society and the Southern Illinois Audubon Society.
Other happenings, we have a Green Earth Work Day. This is coming up this Saturday at 9 a.m. at the Piles Fork Preserve and at Attics Park. You can get your hands dirty on Saturday. Green Earth is hosting their March Work Day uh, this Saturday. The cleanup is in conjunction with Keep Carbonate Beautiful. So if you or your group is looking for a great outdoor time, the site is by Attics Park north on North Wall Street. Uh, they're partnering and they're meeting up there at from 9 a.m. to noon for a litter pickup that will include Green Earth's Piles Fork Preserve, and trash will be collected from Attics Park, the Piles Fork Preserve, and Piles Fork Creek. Uh, they meet at the Attics Park Pavilion, 400 to 800 Wall Street, and at 9 a.m. they will be uh, they will be meeting there and splitting up to different locations. Gloves, water, bags, and gear will be provided. Uh, that's an exciting time. I would like to check one of those out. If I can get up <laughs> by 9 a.m. Uh, tomorrow after going to the party tonight, then I may very well be there. All right, it's got a little bit of time here to mention one more happening. And that happening is Stop Hydraulic Fracturing in Illinois. This event is happening on Sunday, this coming Sunday at 2 p.m. at the Marion Knights of Columbus Hall, 1601 West White Street in Marion. Uh, this is sponsored by a group called SAFE, Southern Illinoisans Against Fracturing Our Environment. Uh, they are encouraging people to attend this structured but informal discussion where they will share information, express concerns, and obtain materials to help spread the word about the potential effects of hydraulic fracturing that is slated to begin in Saline County this June and Wayne County perhaps earlier. Uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted to mention this is that a lot of people don't know that it is actually, uh, they're planning on doing it and that it's happening fairly soon. And this event is there to discuss the concerns and to see what people locally want to do about it. Uh, for more information on this, you can go to the meeting. Once again, uh, that's on Sunday, 2 p.m., Marion Knights of Columbus Hall. You can also go to the website, uh, don'tfractureillinois.org. Well, this has been an exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirits. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it nearly as much as I have. I uh, hope you have a good weekend and a good week, and we will see you here next week on the radio.